From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Amanda Lambert and Leslie Eckford and they are my senior experts. They have helped me over the years in so many ways in handling my dad living in my house. And today we're going to talk about seniors and technology because there's a double-edged sword with these guys because the technology is so great and I have my 87-year-old dad living with me in my house with my two teenage boys and he has an iPhone and he has a Chromebook. He knows how to work a smart TV, all these great things. But when something goes sideways, it's San, I need you to fix my phone. San, I don't know what happened to my computer. Something's wrong with the smart TV. And it's added in a whole layer of here comes San's tech support, you know, for my dad. So it's a double-edged sword. It's wonderful technology when it works, but when it doesn't work or Wi-Fi's out or we can't figure out the technology or, you know, God bless these companies that keep changing buttons where they are. So the button where the senior knew to put to hit connect is now on the other side of the screen and it drives me bananas but these are the the age we live in and in an era of pandemic where loneliness is rampant among our seniors we need to have some tips tools and techniques and that's why leslie and amanda are here today welcome to the show ladies thank you sandra it's good to be here thank you sandra so good to be with you So good to be with you. I always have so much fun with you ladies and it proves that we can actually have more fun as we age rather than less fun. Yeah. And just in your intro, I was thinking I have a kid home from college and she puts that attitude out towards me and my husband whenever we're like, now, how do I do this on an iPhone? She's like, oh, the old people need my help. Yeah, you know, and yes, we do. What's her name? Her name is Annika. Okay, so today's show is sponsored by Annika's Tech Support (laughs) (laughs) because it does drive us bananas because it's wonderful. And I got to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you both on this question because this is one thing I see with my dad. When I have super uber recording weeks, I'm in my studio. Like today, you guys are show number six today that I've done. So I'm stuck in here. It's a lot of work, a lot of energy. You know, I have my little, you know, like not like lifeline supply of tea, but my dad can figure out his phone better when I'm in the office, but the minute I walk out to get my cup of tea, uh, there's a problem with my phone. Now, how did you manage to talk to my brothers and sisters for the last six hours? And now you can't figure it out. So my question to you, Leslie, in all honesty Is it because you see your child and they're younger and they're good at technology and it's just easier for them and faster for you to ask than to figure it out yourself? Or is it really a genuine need? 
I think it's a little bit of both. I really appreciate how quickly they can answer my question. I, I'm kind of stunned that they know all this. However, when they're not here, I go to my friendly search engine. Yes. I, I find that many questions in life are answered by my friendly search engine. And I'm intrigued by how I managed to get this far without it. Yeah. So, but especially things having to do with tech, I almost always can find that many other people are suffering from the same problem <laughs> when I search it. Absolutely. How do I? And sometimes when my dad really jacks up his phone, I don't know how he does it, but he does. I have to go, how do I get the screen back to whatever? And you just type in the question and then there's the answer. Amanda, how about you? What do you have to say? You know, Leslie and I, we laugh about this because we're, you know, we're, I mean, I think we're pretty good. You know, we have several social media accounts, but you know, it's a learning curve. And I, I said to Leslie the other day, I said, you know, this is going to keep us from getting dementia. I, I, I know it is. And I actually just wrote an article about memory games and seniors. And, you know, there's thousands and you can, and most of them are available online, which is great. So people who are under quarantine or they're alone, you know, they can, they can do these memory games and there's some research to support that it helps. But I think that sort of the, the bigger issue is that we have to use our brains in various challenging ways, you know, for them to be, stay flexible. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's one of the big problems with older adults is they haven't really been taught how to use the new technology. Now they're confined, many of them, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands are confined. They don't have a way of staying in touch with their families. And we're expecting them to, you know, get on Zoom or do FaceTime or get a smartphone. And it's a lot harder than that. I mean, it's a real uphill battle. And, you know, Leslie and I have talked about how, um, oh, and actually, Leslie, I didn't tell you this, at my parents' senior community, which is huge, they now have a dedicated person just to help people with technology. Nice. Yes. So when my mom's iPad stops working and you may be impressed that she's on an iPad, but can I get her to do Zoom? No. <laughs> so when her iPad goes out, the technology person comes and updates it or does whatever yeah. needs to be done. But this is a, I mean, I just think it's a huge issue. And I think that, that seniors would really respond in a positive way, but they just need to be taught and, and you have to be really patient. Yes. Yeah. my... My mother-in-law, who is now 97, I guess probably about 10 years ago, she lives in a huge building in Philadelphia, her apartment. And every Sunday, one of her neighbor's grandson would visit. And he would go to about five apartments to do a little tutoring to get people back then on email. Yeah. And... That is also the beauty of what we're talking about. We're talking about connecting people via technology and make, normalizing it for older adults to be able to do this comfortably. 
Girls, I just want to stop you for a second here because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor because our sponsor today is Best Fiends. And I've been playing the Best Fiends game for, gosh, almost two years now. And I find that it helps me get over life's little frustrations. My dad plays it. He's 87. And, you know, when you talk about seniors and technology, some of these games are good for 80. And I love playing Best Fiends. It's one of these top-rated mobile puzzle adventure games. And, you know, it's not so hard that it's frustrating, but it's not so easy that it still doesn't have its challenges. And Best Fiends can give you hours of fun. It's casual. It never gets old. You play it with your brothers and sisters, you know, which I I do and they're all over the country and in Canada and we can send each other gifts and lives and you know it's just a great way to stay connected and the music is good like it gives me this little brain break and when I play the round, I play it when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm waiting in line, or I'm waiting to pick up the kids from school, or I have to take my dad to the pharmacy to get his medications. Like all of these times that I could be, you know, kind of scrolling the internet or just, you know, dinking around on social media, I find that I have a lot more fun playing Best Fiends. It makes me feel like a kid again, and it gives me that little rush. And, you know, I like the music, I like the characters, it's super fun. So I encourage you guys to try it if you haven't played it yet. There's something new every day, today, tomorrow, and every day after that. It literally never gets old, and they clap for you. And if your family doesn't clap for you, then, well, you need to play Best Fiends because it's like, yay, woo, you did it, you know, like when you beat up on this slug. So, Really, try it, you guys. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And that's Friends Without the R. Friends Without the R. Best Fiends. You will be so glad you did because, you know, technology is so tough for people. And this game is not tough. You know, you can literally just download it to your phone and start playing right away. It doesn't have a huge learning curve. So I know that you'll really like it. We're admitting that we have our own days where we're so frustrated with technical glitches, but we're also talking about connecting people. And there have been some absolutely lovely over this time of the pandemic, um, groups of high school students who are admittedly working on getting their community service hours, sure. who have reached out to have weekly conversations with people who are in nursing homes or assisted living. And they have developed relationships with people. It, the benefits go back and forth between the generations. So, and I keep saying this, and Amanda's probably heard this several times, but I think uh, one thing that we deal with a lot is telehealth right now. Mm -hmm. So this is particularly frustrating for older adults who have hearing problems, sure. who may have motor skill issues such as tremor with Parkinson's. They can't necessarily uh, negotiate all the buttons okay. as we're talking about. So having, then they're waiting desperately to meet with their doctor online yep. because they can't go in. And so, uh, we actually have uh, a post recently with a friend of ours who is uh, one of the leaders of IT at a major university hospital. And she had some wonderful suggestions about how to make the telehealth session go more smoothly. But a lot of times it boils down to 
having an assistant, a real assistant, someone who can say, oh, wait a minute, let it'll work better if we go to Google Chrome or, you know, something like right. that. There's so many things to know. And there's other devices too. Like this wouldn't work for telehealth because it doesn't, it doesn't follow the HIPAA laws. But one of the things that I bought for my aunt, Geraldine, she lives in, uh, outside of Sydney, Australia, and they have, just this wacky internet. And I just got the idea one day, I saw the Facebook portal and I'm not endorsing the Facebook portal for anything other than she can just push one button. Like I send her an email or send her a text and, you know, she can use her phone, but she's not good at all this stuff. You know, it's not that she's got an illness or whatever. She's just, and she has tech phobia. You know, some people are actually afraid of this stuff, which adds a whole nother layer of fun, but this Facebook portal, and there's all sorts of different Amazon, there's a whole bunch of ones out there, but this one I was able to buy in the States. It was like $900 in Australia. I could buy it for a hundred bucks here. So it was actually cheap, cheaper to buy it here and ship it to her. But this little portal, she puts in her kitchen, it plugs into her wall, and it's got a nice big view. So she can walk around, she can go to the kitchen, the camera follows her, it's a little creepy, like Don Knotts, you know. <laughs> but it's, you know, it follows her around, and she can just talk to me, and she can have a cup of tea, and she could be cooking and baking bread or doing whatever she's doing that day, because not everybody is going to be okay holding a screen in no. front of their face, like, you know, my dad, when he's home with my brother, it's the up your nose phone call. Yeah. He puts it down on his belly and then he talks to me and I'm watching his nose hairs go in and out because that's all I can see because he can't hold his arm up for a half no. an hour phone call. I'm writing this down because yeah. I don't know this technology and I'm, I'm going to get it. I have a a very dear like, oh, friend geez, that who puts who puts her phone on her walker, and yeah. that's my view. <laughs> right, you know, looking at, at her chin. Phone, right, the double chin and the whole, you know, horrifying when you're on the other end. You know, I never heard of that technology either. That is that is news so, to me. Yes, that look up. Sounds pretty remarkable. Portal. There's an Amazon. Amazon has its own brand, but basically, guys, they look like those old-fashioned TV sets. Remember the little ones that were like a nine-inch TV, but mm -hmm. they're triangle-shaped, and you set them on the counter, and they're triangular, and you plug them in, and then it says like, "What's your Facebook, you know, email?" And you type it in. You know, what's your password? You type it in, and then all of your contacts come up, and you push the face of the person you want to talk to oh. and it calls the computer you know you need to be on Facebook it's Facebook messenger mm -hmm. but there's all sorts of different things it's got a built-in zoom button so all you have to do is put in your zoom username and password so somebody could set this up for you and literally ship it to you and wow. you plug it in and so all she has to do is push the button. And what it does is it allows her, like she was trying to have a conversation with me one day and I'm like, Geraldine, this is just not working. And she's like trying to hold her phone up so she can see me with her vision. And I'm yeah. looking at the top of her head, like it was ridiculous and it was uncomfortable. Now she gets her tea, she sits down at her table and it's like looking at the TV, only the TV looks back at you. And that's you know, kind of what Chromebooks and, and iPads and all these things are for, but they're so complicated because they do yeah. all these other things. I don't need all that. Yeah, you just want that one function. It's a communication. That sounds fantastic. From one yeah. to the other. 
And there's one, I think it's the Echo Show, you know, by Amazon, but there's a couple different brands out there. And the Echoes are really cheap. They're like $69. You can buy a pair of them sometimes for $99 or $100. One goes to the parent, one goes to you. You plug them in and off you go. Like that's what we need is plug and go. And I think telehealth is going to come to the point where these devices are going to be provided because they've come way down in price. And as long as the facility has internet, the tech comes, sets it up, and now you have telehealth there and you can service your clients and you don't have to send anybody over. And as long as the thing is connected to the internet, we can configure it from wherever we are. I configure my dad's stuff all the time, wherever he is with my brothers and sisters, and I configure it from my home computer. So I think that's where we're going to get. But if you're having a hard time with your parent and, you know, wherever they are, if the facility will allow it, you can ship them one of these little things, set it up for them. And all they have to do is push the button. And that's really what's what's needed. That is, that is really great. And, you know, I was thinking about the telehealth and which has been tremendous, but it's a double-edged sword because, yeah, I was just listening to a news story about the fact that so many older adults are avoiding outpatient clinic visits um, that they really need to be going to, especially, you know, ophthalmology and, and things that are, you know, if somebody has glaucoma or macular degeneration, and if they're afraid or can't access the telehealth as well, then they're just, they're just delaying, you know, they're just putting it off. And I had this conversation with my mom who has canceled, I think like three um, outpatient clinic appointments because she's concerned about COVID. But yet she just told me the other day, she was down on the, in the common area and there were residents sitting and talking with each other without their masks on. So I said to her, I said, you know, mom, I think it's safer in your outpatient medical clinic than it is right now in your common area where people are gathering. So now she's finally kind of loosened up a bit and she's willing to go because if people delay some of these visits, it's, it can really have serious consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you, cause I'm in the hospital a lot with my cancer treatments. I'd rather have cancer than COVID, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't think you'd ever say that, <laughs> but you know, but I go in and they're all wearing masks, but I go to the grocery store sometimes and there's always some, you know, and they always have tattoos. They're always bald and they're always really <laughs> muscular. Like why do these people like go somehow it's an affront to your manhood to put a mask on, but I'm walking by like with like three layers on my face going, Oh, please God, don't breathe on me as I get my chickpeas you know they're just but the hospitals are great when I go in there everybody's got their mask there's the distancing all the chairs have been removed I go to a couple different facilities for my treatments and they either have areas roped off or the chairs are just flat out removed so you couldn't sit next to somebody if you wanted to you know they've done a really good job and I think a lot too is the in the three hospitals that I visit regularly for my treatments the COVID patients are kept off to another wing they're in a whole different area they're not commingling you're not rolling somebody down by you with COVID I mean it's really segregated so you know I feel very comfortable in these medical facilities probably more than I do at Walmart right but you know um Sandra I wanted to go back to your original point where you were talking about your dad you know, and as soon as you're walking into the room, you know, he has a problem with his iPhone. And I have a friend whose parents are older and they live independently, well, quasi-independently in their own home. You know, they have a computer, an older computer, but they have, one of them has a smartphone. 
And my friend gets called probably two to three times a week to come by and fix a problem with the email, with the phone, with something that's going on. So that's the other side. Yeah. Of- Maybe it's really, they just have an ulterior motive to get they want their daughter in the house. Because that's it. I see that with my dad sometimes. He's having a particularly what I call a needy moment. And I have to go like, okay, do I blow my top? No. Do I get an ulcer? No. What's needed in between for this? Because sometimes they can use it as an attention getter too. Yeah, they can. And I think, um, you know, and the other part of that is that technology goes awry a lot. Oh, sure. And, you know, unless you're, and unless you have the, the mental capacity and the ability to be able to fix it, to take the time, and the but patience. they just don't, they and do patience. not, they patience. don't have the patience. No, if you don't have patience, impatience and technology will bite you in the ass every day. And so for that reason, even when someone has a pretty good grasp of the technology, I still think someone, I, I'm offering this out there that this would be a really great little business. Sure. To have good skills with older adults, respectful, yeah. funny, pleasant, and be able to be on call to go for a quick little visit to make sure why is the internet not connected? That's mm-hmm. you know gonna get a lot of people right there. So that you would just be able to do that quick troubleshooting and have the personal skills of someone who's a really great person with Meals on Wheels. Yeah. And, and you would be very popular and very helpful, not only to that older adult, but to their family members. Absolutely. Well, that's why Apple, you know, if you, you use Apple products and I'm not here to endorse any company or service, just telling you what I use. I was a non app. I was an Apple user and I owned an Apple support company when I was very young. Then I moved into corporate America and worked at Disney and CBS and everything was PC. Then when I got the opportunity to own my own company, I bought all this PC stuff and I'm like, it's taking me half my work day to keep it running. So I bit the bullet uh, whatever, seven years ago now. And I moved all over to Mac products and I had to make payments on them because they are pricey, but they have the Apple support. So you can call somebody anytime. So one of the things the decision maker has to be in your, when you're buying tech for your parents is who's going to be tech support, you or the company? Do you pay for the Samsung tech support? Is that worth, you know, the $20 a month? Or there's lots of companies out there that are $20 a month that offer tech support for all of the products. So these are really good presents that especially siblings can get together and buy for mom and dad or you know you can look and go I can buy the cheapest phone I could get and look at how much money I'm saving but a phone you can't use is a waste of money so asking when you buy a device or buy a product what's your tech support package that goes along with this so if it's 20 bucks a month that's a lot for people but it's a lot less than not being able to use your device and there are, they can't come to your house, but they can talk you through. So if you have mobility issues or certain issues that you need somebody in person, this wouldn't work for you, but 
There are lots of services out there. Check at Best Buy, check with your Verizon or Sprint or whoever you bought the product from. Where's your tech support? What's the number? How do I reach it? How much does it cost? There's also a la carte tech support that charge $1.99 or $5.99 for a troubleshoot, no matter what it, it is. These are all available to people. You can Google them, look them up. Tech support, there's some that specialize in the elderly. They're more patient. They're used to certain, you know, dealings with people. So there is out there, you have to dig for it, but there are opportunities out there for people to get some of the support they need through a paid subscription. I would want to put one little caution to that because I just happened to be reading about this, that we all know that older adults are also often the victim of scams. And one of the scams is people calling, saying that they are from tech support, from Microsoft or from another company, and that they need you to let them get onto your computer so that they can remove a device that is no longer helpful. Next thing you know, they're asking you to open your bank account online, et cetera. So even though, you know, what we're really learning is you know, it's not just people who are very naive. A lot of. No, they're very sophisticated. They can put a virus on your computer and then come and offer you money to take it off. But if you stick with going to Best Buy, going to Verizon and Sprint and purchasing their program, um, they will be, you'll be at least have a fighting chance. Yeah. And I would just say that you should always be the one calling them. Yes. And if any time someone is calling you or getting, you know, emailing you and saying that they are from your tech support, don't respond. Right. And that's true of anything to do with your credit cards, with your phone, with your bank. They're never going to email you. And you want to know the easiest trick to figure out if it's a scam, because some of them look like a perfect American Express. Go up and look at the sender. And if you look at who the sender is and you click on that sender name, because it might be Bruce Smith at Verizon, and then you look at it and it's like IXP at QLMP.DEX, you know, some weird thing. You're like, this is an American Express. And none of these companies will ever send you anything. They'll always send you the same type of thing. There's a problem with your account. You need to log in and do this so that you're literally giving the scammer your information. You know, your password has been changed. You need to change it back. Never access any of your accounts via an email or a link. If you think you have a problem, close out your email go to your online provider, Verizon or Netflix or whatever it is, and sign in. And if you sign in and you're fine, your account is fine. But don't ever execute a change from an email because that's the capture point. Exactly. That's a great point. And, um, you know, we consider ourselves savvy consumers, but we've We've made those mistakes. Me too. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we we have made those mistakes. And you know, I was thinking about the the technology. And my mom has an iPad. That's what she uses. I have an iPhone, but I have a PC. So whenever she contacts me to fix her iPad, I'm like, Mom, I I don't do iPads. Right. You you have to talk to my sister who has a <laughs> Mac. Right. 
right. or talk to my nephew because I have no idea. So right. you know, they are languages. It's like learning a different language. Well, when they when I worked for Disney many years ago, I used to have a company called Mac Made Easy, and Disney mm-hmm. hired me because they were moving from PC to Apple platform. And all of these people I worked with with Leonard Nimoy and and. Uh, um, oh my gosh, like any celebrity under the sun to help them, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Tom Selleck, they all work there. And Annette Benning, all these people had offices there and I had to go in and teach them the new technology just to get their schedule, you know, just to get their email. So if it's good enough for them, somebody can, you know, you can look in your local paper for somebody who maybe will give you a few lessons. You know, that's my Mac made easy was literally just lessons for executives on how to use your devices because none of them wanted to feel like an idiot. You know, it's so fascinating to me about just the brain and I'm sure people study this, but what happens to the brain as you get older and, you know, you, you choose things that are less challenging and your world gets smaller and smaller and more confined and, and really simpler, you know, yeah. and, and I think that that's a dangerous place to be. And it takes a lot of effort to break out of that or to make yourself do things that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and technology is definitely uncomfortable, but it's not like you can break anything. I mean, in the sense that, well, you can, but <laughs> I mean, you can go wrong, but um <laughs> You know, I, I think that there's just a, an understandable fear that people have about something that's new yes. and, and challenging, but I think people just have to do it. You know, they have to venture out, challenge themselves, face the fear and, you know, and I think it will have wide ranging benefits mm-hmm. um, for, your, for your memory, just for your ability to focus, to concentrate, um, to listen to, to be able to converse. And, you know, right now people are in a, they've been in this cocoon, which has just not been helpful um, in that regard. I mean, it's just been, you know, I think we've read the stories. I mean, especially in nursing homes, it's just been awful, but even in assisted living, like what my parents are in, it's just, it's been, it's been really tough for them, um, for everybody there. And, you know, and, and the, and these communities do a great job, you know, they show up, you know, with activities in the hallways and they try to engage people, but it's not the same as like having personal conversations with people, connecting, um, feeling like you're, you're caring about somebody, somebody's caring about you. There's just, that just has a, a real emotional and mental effect on people. Well, and I don't think it's just subject to aging and, and, and to that, Amanda, because when I got first divorced, I had my, you know, my two-year-old and my six-month-old and I, you know, mountain of bills to pay. So I went back to what I knew. I went back to programming and program was, was something that I could do around my kids' naps. I could stay up all night. I could also control my income because I could work 23 hours to get this job done and make two or three grand versus, you know, I couldn't even get childcare for that. So I started doing programming and a funny thing happened, um, Amanda and Leslie, which you guys will not believe it was just prior to my radio career. I lost my ability to have a conversation because I only had Baba Dada Mama in my house. 
And I would spend all my time on the computer just writing code. And if I was working with other coders and other computer people, we were all around the world, you guys. We didn't pick up the phone and call ever. So it was instant messaging. It was, you know, things, you know, like that with my fingers, speaking with my fingers. And then I started this, you know, recurrent romance I've had in my life for five decades now. He's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, you can't string a noun and a verb together. And the fact was, I could do it in my head. I could do it out my fingers and I could text. And I'm like, you know, Mark, I'm just more comfortable texting. And he's like, I'm a human, not a machine. Like you have to talk to me. And I would sit there and say nothing. Nothing would fire if it was auditory questions coming in. Now, if you texted me something or emailed me something, I'm your girl. But two and a half years of spending interface only with the computer, not talking to anybody other than reading children's books to my kids, which really wasn't that stimulating. I couldn't, my first year out of that on radio, one hour a day was enough to exhaust me. The fact that I had to listen to what you were saying, I couldn't read it. The fact that I had to <laughs> make a response that wasn't completely obnoxious, you know what I mean? Like just, and rude and to the point, you know, I started talking like people text because that was my communication style. So I don't think it's a function just of aging. Mm -hmm. I think it's practice. And now I can do six hours. I'm on my sixth hour today on six different topics, fresh as a daisy, you know, still excited to do this. I couldn't do one hour 10 years ago because my skill set fell apart. It was almost like I used to speak French when I was little because that was what was spoken in my area and my neighborhood. Now I listen to it on TV. I'm like, oh, they're talking about a hockey goal. <laughs> Like that's the best I got because I haven't used it. And it's a skill like anything else. And I lost it. And I think you're right. It's something that is universal across the ages because a lot of people during this pandemic who have been isolated, who are younger working age people who are used to going into an office every day and having a little chat with this person or that person they have also experienced that lack of vocalizing. And I've seen more and more people talking about, you know, I find myself talking to myself or I'm talking to the cat more than usual. <laughs> um, and that's actually a good thing because we do have this need, I think, to hear our own voice. Right. And to be able to practice our communication skills. So I think you know, on a certain level, and I'm not going to over exaggerate it because I think human beings are built to meet challenges. But for a lot of younger people and different age group developmentally, this social isolation is a trauma in a way. I don't like to use that big capital T trauma because I don't want to diminish that, but it is a challenge that people have yeah. had to face. And then we look at our older adults who may have already experienced having those layers of socialization peeled away from them. They've already moved on from their work life role. They've moved on from their direct parenting role. They're having to find themselves at a time of life and 
they have fewer conversations. That's right. Well, and look at us, look at the three of us, Amanda, Leslie, and me. Okay. We've done maybe six shows together, six or seven. Look at how we're rocking it, whatever topic we choose versus the first time we got together. It's like, oh, is Leslie going to talk? Is Amanda going to talk? Oh my God, I don't know who's talking. And then you didn't have your names on the things. I'm like, oh, which one's Amanda? Which one's Leslie? You know, like, and then we get together now after just six hours of seven hours spending time together, how much better we communicate. I can look down and see Amanda and I can see a light in her eyes when she wants to say something. Like, hey, Amanda, what do you want to chime in? Or Leslie, you'll go like, you'll make this movement. You like move up in your chair. And I'm like, oh, I move a lot. Yeah. Um, Leslie's got something to contribute, but we've learned how to better communicate with each other, how to take turns, how to, how to shift with these things. That's what people are not getting when they're isolated in nursing homes. So no wonder they're having trouble. Yeah. And Sandra, I, for one, am really glad that you are no longer speechless. (laughs) 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 Because I can't even imagine that with you because you are just like the most exuberant, verbal, like wonderful person to talk to. I mean, that would just be that it would just be a huge loss. But I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And I was trying to figure out when I was listening to Leslie talk, I was trying to figure out what's wrong with my mom lately. Like when I have a phone conversation with her, she just doesn't sound like herself. And she, she has a really hard time stringing words together and conversing with me. And that completely explains it. Yeah. And plus, I think her memory has gotten worse this last year. And she oh, has a great memory. I mean, she is sharp. She will remember like an email that I sent her or a conversation and she's forgetting those now. Sure. And I, I'm, that has to be it. Gotta be or, it. Cause I've seen that same marked decline in my dad because there's no stimulation and the, the stimulation that we have for the most part for our seniors is the flipping television. So it's a one way street. It's all coming in and nothing's going out. I'd rather have my dad yell at the, you know, Tucker Carlson on Fox, you know, and yell back at him than just sit there like a stump because there's no, there's no engagement. And, you know, speaking, you know, Amanda, to get back to like, when I lost my voice is what I call it. I got beat up in a divorce, beat up in court. My attorney's like, shut up, don't say anything. I'm programming and taking care of kids all day. And I lost the confidence to speak because conversation requires confidence. And if you're not using it and you stutter and you're searching for words, like, you know, and heaven forbid you got teenagers, like my kids are like, spit it out, dad, you know, no pressure there. Um, But your mom's going to have these things because she's just not using it. Gosh, you know what I was just, just occurred to me, um, you know, the statistics show that women have been disproportionately affected employment wise, you know, by the pandemic, you know, they're, they're homeschooling. Many of them have had to quit their jobs or cut back on their jobs. And I just thought, how hard is it going to be for people to get back in the job market? Very hard. Yeah. It just occurred to me, you know, just those communication skills, the confidence, the feeling like um, I can go out there and get this. And yeah, that's something that just occurred to me. No, 
and most of us as moms, you know, when we look at our households, when we have kids in school, not only are you dad's tech support, but we're kids tech support to get them on their devices. This morning, my, my 14 year old got up and he was swearing up a blue streak. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? He's like, oh, we couldn't get on the internet. I had to go down and reset the router. It's 58 degrees in here. And And I'm like, oh my God, you're 14 going on 75. But the whole point was there's so much for moms to manage when they're working, running their own company. And now the kids are home. I have a great story to tell you guys. We have a few minutes so I can tell you this, but I did a show with um, Mafalda Holligan and she runs a company out of New Jersey. She's a human resource specialist. And she was a keynote a couple of weeks ago for 500 people logging on and her kids were supposed to be in school, you know, online in their classroom, but the class got canceled. So her son in the bedroom above her, she's in the kitchen, decides to play one of the most vulgar rap songs. And he and his brother are in there. They're like 12 and 14 and it's dirty word after dirty word. And they're falling over themselves. But Amanda's trying to do her presentation about the shifting roles of women in the workplace with children. And she's like, the guy who's moderating it says, somebody's got a radio on, somebody's got something. And she's like, oh crap, that means my microphone's picking it up. And everybody's muting and she's watching everybody's screen, mute, 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 mute. And she knows eventually it's going to be pointed at her. And she says, oh, you know what? We're having some you know, connection issues. Let me check this thing. She puts her thing on mute, runs upstairs, takes the Amazon Alexa, whips it across the room. What are you doing? Her kids are in their PJs laughing their heads off because they're just having fun. She grabbed both of them, stuck them on the porch and then goes back to her meeting and then, you know, turns everything back on and, oh, you know, finishes her meeting, trying to keep like her cool. She comes up out in the living room and she's like, what is going on with you two? Her husband's sitting there in the middle of the couch, one kid on either side, because when she shoved him out the front area, it's New Jersey in January. It's freezing and they're in their pajamas. And she tells me her kid goes, well, He's like, I I have to think there's something wrong with, you know, throwing your kids out of the house. You threw us out of the house. And she's like, yeah, we'll call the police because he's right there, you know, because her dad's a policeman. And she's like, what more could I do? Because the status of women today, and this is what's going on with our women. And now the women also have to handle their seniors. So they're doing elder care, they're doing child care, they're trying to work for a company and earn a living because their husband may or may not be working. I mean, it's a phenomenal shift in the workplace for this whole pandemic. And it may not be that you can pull back from your job and then come back and have that job. Mm-hmm. So this is the juggle with elder care and child care, you know, that women are facing and you roll in technology on top of this. And then the stress beyond belief of Leslie, you have to have tremendous stress with your mom. It's true. It's just, but I am so grateful for the technology. I do get to have video calls with her 
And I know there's some other people out there who either have family members with dementia or work with people with dementia. My mother, it's like a new event in her life. Every time she'll see my face and she'll say, I can see you, you know, and it's like, it doesn't matter whether we did it the day before it's all new groundhog's day. And it's, it's a joy to, to experience that. How about you, Amanda? What about you with your tech with your mom and dad? Like, is it stressful for you or is it helpful? It's, you know, it's not too stressful um, because they live in, they have, they live in a senior community where they have support. Um, so it's, it's really not too bad. I think the hard part is just figuring out how to communicate without actually seeing them and they don't use the technology like Zoom. So, so our ability and our methods of communication are so limited that means our communication is limited. Yeah. I mean, as soon as the senior community, you know, loosens up their restrictions, once everybody's vaccinated, then we can visit in person again, but it's been almost a year. Yeah. And so, you know, just taking my mom to the doctor's office is not high quality time mm-hmm. together. Um, so that's the part I think that's most stressful. Plus I don't really know how they're doing. Well, right. That's the thing with the visual. Yes. You know, when you can't see, you know, like with my father, you know, when he's home with my brother and they're not managing his eating, you know, not that you can do much, but he doesn't have to be 200 pounds when he comes back to me. And I look at my dad, I can tell you in 30 seconds where my dad's blood sugar is. Now I can't get the number right, but I can get it within a few points. I can look at him and go, his blood sugar's off. He's been eating too much or do whatever. We need to walk him. We need to water him, you know, whatever we need to do. Um, you know, we got to get dad back on track. When you can't see someone, you miss a lot of that information, probably most of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I think my sister and I are both a little, we're a little concerned about how, how things are going to look, you know, when we're in their apartment yeah. after all these months, yeah. I mean, you know, they do have support, but they are an independent living. So there's just a certain amount of support, but you know, and I, this was probably so rude of me, but as soon as I saw my mom, I said, mom, you need a haircut. And I'll pay for it. And I have, I have somewhere you can go that is so safe. And, you know, she, she needs a haircut. Yeah. You know, she needs, I mean, my dad looked like a homeless guy. He's like, he normally had this military high and tight, you know, he's always clean and shaven and nice and things. He had this Einstein thing going on. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what happened to you? And that was only over a couple months. So, you know, you just have to prepare yourself for these kind of shocks. Yeah. And I think that, you know, she's not alone. You know, all those ladies in there have not had their hair done. Yeah. And, but it, you know, you feel better, you know, you feel better about yourself, you know, and she needs to go shopping for clothes, but we can't do that. And so, you know, there are all those little things I think that start to add up with somebody's self-esteem and how they feel about themselves. And then after a while, I think they just don't, care that much anymore well and she may be Mm -hmm. suffering from some situational depression which i know Mm -hmm. when i was super depressed like my mom died i went through foreclosure i got these two kids my husband's off running around you know with this new wife and their new family that sent me down to a really low spiral and i felt i had nothing to contribute and nothing to say and what was the point 
you know, it's just day in and day out with these kids and I'm losing my home and my mom is dying. What's the point? What's the point? And it became a real effort to have a conversation. And, you know, that might be a little bit of what your mom's experiencing. There's no question. And I already thought of that. And um, the last time I suggested that she, well, actually her doctor suggested that she might have some depression. She fired that doctor. So, so well, that didn't you know, go well. Yeah, we're not going to have that conversation, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. but you are absolutely right. And I was talking to my sister about that, that that is, there's, there's no question that's what's going on, but it's yeah. just hard to know what to do about it. Well, yeah. Cause it's not like you can send flowers, you know, you can send flowers, but that's not going to solve the bigger problem. It's a temporary fix, you know, fruit basket, temporary fix, you know, those are all, you know, one of the things that was nice. Cause I, I realized like with my chemo treatments, I have like the most amazing pajama collection because one of my girlfriends, you know, from my childhood, my friend Bev, she's like, woo. She's like every month she sends me a new pair of pajamas off of Amazon. Oh. And it's just such a little thing. Oh. And they're not, they're not like super expensive anything, but they're cute and they're fun. And, you know, nobody likes to wear the chemo pajamas. Like after you're sick for three days, you look at them and go, Ugh. and, but you know, little things like that, but I don't know what you do with a senior, like how many pajamas can you buy? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one and probably a, a topic for another show. Yeah. I we think, could, we, we could, could really get into that, that one because yeah. we, you know, that's how Amanda and I met is we both worked with seniors who had depression and anxiety in the community. And Amanda was the first person in their life. She would pull them in to come into our, our program. And then we would, we had a team of people getting to work to help them. And and, and I know that we might not have time for this, but I'll, I will say this. One of the things that we heard over and over from people who were in our program for about a four to six week time period, they had to come into the program. This was years ago. And we would get them to sign paperwork the first day. And by the time they were finished, the after the six weeks i would show them their signature oh wow from the first day to the last day and i can i can't tell you how many times this generation of people of beautiful handwriting would apologize for how terrible their signature looked and then the last day i would get them to sign a form about what their plan of care what they were going to do to help themselves stay feeling well and I would show them the two signatures and it's just like a photograph almost of yep. not feeling well and feeling that confidence we've been talking yep. about. Yeah, getting out, having a, a purpose, having a schedule, that makes, that's a step. That's a and very- to look forward to. Yeah. Cause that was the thing with my therapy sessions. You know, I was, I have a wonderful therapist that my ex-husband and his new wife and their new family were having all these troubles. They blamed it on me. So they brought me into family counseling. They both quit therapy. I stayed with her. We're going on 16 years now. We've lasted longer than more marriages. And sometimes that was the only thing I had to look forward to because she was there for me. 
everybody else needed something. My clients, my staff, my kids, my parents, like everybody needed something from me. And I could go either get my nails done or go talk to my therapist were the only two things in my world that were about me. You know, because I go shopping and I buy food and clothes, but I'm having to do all of it, you know, so those two little things were what held me on for like two years of going, I have someone to go to someone who will listen to me with no judgment, no criticism, helpful advice, and I leave her place feeling like I'm on top of the world. It was better than any drug. Exactly. You know? All right, ladies. Well, we are at the end of our show, another show. So um, I'm going to go to Leslie today to talk about your books that are available. And Amanda, you get to talk about the website. So Leslie, tell us about the books. So Amanda and I are very excited about this book that we have just published called Choose Your Place, Rethinking Home as You Age. We have wonderful stories. We had such a great time interviewing people who have been trying all kinds of creative things. And it's one thing to think about where you wanna live when you're 20 or you're 30, but it takes a totally different mindset and different types of skills to think about what's gonna be the place that I will be happy, I will be able to be myself and I will be safe. Yes. And we have great ideas for you, if you're thinking about retiring or you know someone who's retiring, this book is a great gift. Love that. Love that. All right, Amanda, tell me about the website. Tell me how people can find out more about you. So our website is mindfulaging.com and we have lots of interesting various articles and we have access to all of our books there. You can just click and buy, which we like. And um, yeah, we have some articles on COVID, vitamin D and immunity, telehealth, just I think lots of really accessible articles and some information about ourselves as well. Love that. Love that. Well, you guys late, you have been just so much fun. I love our shows together. Our uh, pleasure. Yeah, we have such a good time. And you guys, this is proof, living proof that as we age, Amanda, Leslie, and myself, that we can age with grace, we can age with style, we can have a lot of fun doing it, and we can be wildly productive. We love that and make a difference wherever we go. So today, when you are done listening with today's show, just check yourself, check yourself in the mirror and go, how am I showing up today? Because when you show up and be your very best, it's amazing what happens. We'll be back again next week. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 